All right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we have somebody who I've been friends with for a number of years, Bruce Hutchins. Uh, Bruce, you, you've been around the industry for so long. Um, you've had a podcast, uh, you had a new podcast, and now you have Hutch on Hunting. Yeah, it's it's really exciting how this whole thing came together. You know, back in 2015, I started myself and my partner Bob Rourke started uh, Whitetail Rendezvous, and and that was going really well. We had we ended up having over half a million downloads on Whitetails, over 600 uh, uh, interviews with people, and unfortunately, it, the timing just wasn't right for us to merchandise it or monetize it. Pardon me. And so after so many years, about 2019, 2020, I just said, Bob, I can't do this anymore. You know, I've got all the things, fish to fry and places to go. And I can't put the, the um, time and effort into it. And if anybody wants to hear some great white-tailed information, uh, Larry Wusin, uh, Jim Chalky, Boddington, I mean, you just go down a list. I had a a list, and then I had people like Chris and I that go out and hunt whitetails. And actually, those are my best interviews. When I was just talking to, you know, Smokey Johnson from um, North Dakota, and he would say, "Bruce, you know, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is why I do it. This is when I do it." And you get so much good information, um, and that's what we shared for so many years. So fast forward, I had. After that ended, I had a guy reach out to me, John O'Brien, and he said, hey, Bruce, would you uh, host a podcast for me? That was Let's Talk Deer. And John O'Brien's in Wisconsin, got a great seed company going, and that went on for about a year. He didn't get the return. He thought he was going to get on it, so that went. In the meantime, yeah. I've been hunting all over the United States, and, and actually, as a Filler here, I started and killed my first whitetail in Wisconsin in 1966, and I'm, I still hunt that same farm. Wow. I was uh, three years old at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I, Long time. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to throw out numbers. You know, I've got one, I've got one high time buck from the, from the, um, from the farm. It's a hundred year Wisconsin farm. We've taken one. Uh, 181 Boone and Crockett off the farm. There are other Boone and Crockett bucks on the farm, but as you know, getting a Boone and Crockett buck where there's a number of cousins, people hunting it, we have for a yeah. 400 acre farm, we have a lot of pressure. And um, so they're smart. Uh, so having said that, I've hunted and written about hunts all over North America. And I think, you know, you, you published one of my articles way back when. A few of them. Uh, we've yeah. published a bunch of your articles. Yeah. And so, uh, folks, uh, I'm not new to this. What's all building up to why Hutch and Hunting? Very simple. I was on a number of forums. And when I wasn't doing the podcast, I'd write just articles form say, hey, Unit 49. And folks, I love Unit 49. The locals are going to hate me, but Unit 49 has 350 bulls. 
in Colorado. Well, let's I've first let's it. take a step back. You you live in Colorado. You know Colorado. You know where to hunt. What the units are. What units are good. Which uh, produce the biggest bulls. Um, so this is where your expertise really lies. Yeah, there's no question about it. And uh, I'm thankful. Uh, I'll give a shout out for Go Hunt here. I'm thankful when Chris Porter and Lorenzo uh, started um, Go Hunt. A friend of mine, Rich Morocco, called me up and said, Hey, Bruce, you live in Colorado. You know Colorado. Would you write some articles for us on big game unit profiles? And I ended up writing over 200 on deer, elk, antelope sheep, goats, and moose. Wow. So that's where I put my credibility to anybody listening to this. They may say, well, you don't know, you don't know this. I know probably as much as anybody else knows in Colorado about the to total Colorado. Now, if you're from Gunnison, you know your honey holes, you know Gunnison better than I do. But I've taken one, two, two bucks back to back, an antelope buck and a mule deer buck that are just shy of Boone and Crockett, both of them. So basically, if you live in Colorado, you know where you're going. You, you're, you should. Uh, hutch on hunting really is um, a service for people that, do not live locally that are looking for prime hunting areas. Right. Or I had a guy call me last year. He said, Bruce, I, I saw your post on a forum. Um, could you help me? I've got three days to hunt. I'm taking my master's up in Denver. I'm on that post and I got three days to hunt. And I said, okay, I need an hour and a half of your time. And do you have a computer? Yes. Do you have Onyx? Yes. Okay. So I sat with him and I put him on where he sent me a picture via phone scope of a shooter buck and then a smaller buck. That was in three days. And I put him right where he needed to go. Will that happen every time? No. But I knew the area. I said, here's what you look for. And here's where you have to be at sunup and sundown. And they're going to be there. Well, anybody that's gone on guided hunts knows that's not guaranteed either. You know, no. how, many, how many times have you gone on a guided hunt and come up empty? Yeah, I <laughs> hold up, let's have a beer or, you know, wish you were here, but it doesn't happen. I blew to Revelstroke on a multi-day, multi-species hunt, and I left after five days. I left, and I left the money on the table. I said, they said, we're not going to refund. I said, I'm not. I never asked for a refund. You just, you know, my time's more valuable than bouncing around, you know, these mountains looking for something that isn't here. Yeah. You know, things, things just weren't good. And folks, if you're listening to this, hiring a guide is one of the smartest things you can do if you want to put a hunt together that you would spend years in trying to do that. Guides and outfitters own their territories. 
Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Land leases and property that they own that they know inside and out. They right, or they lease it. They've been there. I just talked to a guy, uh, Bill Perry, up in Wyoming, and he he's been buying the Trident Pinto and Open Creek, which I pounded up both. And I said, Bill, and we went down memory lane because he has been in Powell, Wyoming for the longest time, and he's outlasted all these other outfitters. But they know where to go. It costs you a buck. But there's so many DIY hunters, and why Colorado is so important is we offer more DIY, do-it-yourself tags, over-the-counter tags for elk hunters, not for deer, but for your elk hunters. Mm-hmm. And so Hutch on Hunting, in essence, to put it in a, a nutshell, is a D, uh, DYI advisory service. No question about it. I'm a resource. Mm-hmm. So if I'm I'm in New York and right. I want to do a DYI hunt in Colorado, I wouldn't know the first place to start. So well, I, you might, because there's some good companies out there. I'm not yep. going to give them a shout out, but there's some good companies that give you the information, give you the draw rates, give you everything you need to know. But you still have to get on your Onyx maps. You still have to get on. And I still use Topo maps and on these maps to say, OK, where do I need to go? Where's the trailhead? How far away from the trailhead do I get? All those type of questions. I can tell you that inside of an hour. And if you're you know, I have three levels. I have a scout that gives you an hour. I have a guy package that gives you two hours and an outfitter package that gives you three hours and three species. So in that amount of time, I will get you the roads, the water holes, where they're feeding, where they're bedding without a guarantee because a lot of people hunt Colorado. Hunting is no question about it. Unless you go into a high fence operation, nothing's got. That's the only guarantee. That's the only guarantee you're ever going to get. All right, so uh, I'm going to hunt Colorado. I call you. I say, Bruce, I'm looking to get uh, a nice elk. Don't have to be Boone and Crockett. I want to put meat in my freezer. What would you? Where would you send me? Where would? Where's the best place for me to hunt? And hopefully you found me on hutchinhunting.com. That's where you found me. <laughs> so or on I... social media, or on social media at Hutch and Hunting on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and Instagram. You know, I'm all over the place. So you find me. And so you say, Hey, I want to buy an hour of your time. And I say, Okay, Chris, um, an hour of time gives you, you know, one species, one unit. And so I said, okay, Chris, have you ever hunted out west before? And we go through an input because I want to know, can you climb up to 10,000 feet? I have a beautiful blind that's been for 50 years. I didn't build it, excuse me, but every time I go up there, I put another log on it. And all you have to do during any rifle season is get up there before sun light and sit there to sundown five days and you will see an elk. I'm not going to say you're going to shoot them because I'm not there, but you will see an elk guaranteed. It's on a beautiful saddle. So, um, so I'll call you 
you'll spend an hour of uh, hour of your time and my time together. You're going to put together a series of questions and basically build a profile of my skill set, my physical attributes, and my abilities, and where would be the best place for me to hunt to get the most out of my time. Your experience with the weapon. Are you using a crossbow? Are you using a compound? Using a muzzleloader? Or are you using a rifle? That yeah. all takes takes place because all those, you want to be in a different setup. Sure. I know guys, more and more guys, all they're doing is hanging hang-ons over wallows and they're killing bucks. Just like a whitetail coming into a food plot. Yep. It's up to coming into a wallow. And that, that's a nice hunt. Because you don't have to be there so early in the morning. You hunt from about 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Then you can split off and you actually can have two hunts during the day. Because then in the evening you go into where they're feeding. Okay. So um, areas. Um, Colorado's pretty big. How do you narrow it down? Pardon me? How would you narrow down the right areas for a potential client? Where they live, do they live out in California? Do they live out east? There's a lot of good hunting on the, the front range. Access, do they have four-wheel drives? Do they have ATVs? Do they have uh, UTVs? What kind of vehicles? Are they on foot only? You know, if you're going to go in the wilderness, if you're tough enough to get in the wilderness, then that's a completely different hunt. I mean, so I need a lot of information for you, and I have to find out how tough you are. Okay, well. Really, mentally tough. Okay, what do you think I would do? If I came to you and said, Bruce, I want to do a hunt, where would you put me? How would you How would you rate me? And um, what would be the best situation for me just yeah, knowing who you are and your years of hunting and i'd ask here's another question we asked right how many points do you have if you haven't <laughs> none and most people say well i haven't put in for points but that's that's also a consideration you know how many points what are you really looking for then we're going to build a plan that's going to get you to an x unit the limited draw unit that's going to meet your abilities. If it's just DIY, then I'm going to say, okay, here's the specific. You can go north of 70. I can get you in the 20, 25, 26, 131 uh, along the Colorado River. I hunted the Colorado River, both sides of it, for a long time. I have one place that I just absolutely love. I took my grandson up and we had a fox in camp bouncing against our tent. It was it was it was a riot. And and then the moose came by in the morning and we had during the night we had an elk bugling right outside our tent. I mean that's real. You and so that's, that's an easy hunt. That's not a hard hunt. That's you know ten thousand feet to eight thousand feet. Well I, I think um with a lot of non-hunters don't understand is that's the best part of hunting. Yeah, not just sitting and waiting for what you are hunting, but everything else that comes along. You see fox, you see moose, you see deer, you see uh, all kinds of species roaming through the forest and you get to see them in their natural habitat. You have a camera, pull it out, take some, take some pictures. 
yeah. And when I was up by the by the uh, saddle, I'm sitting there, and I wasn't in the blind. I was above the blind because just the setup and the way wind was going. So I'm just sitting there, kind of looking this, and I'm in a downfall. You know, just logs all over me. So nobody's going to see me. And I got my pistol with me because there's a lot of bears in there. Anyway, and so all of a sudden, I just know something staring me down. And so I don't move. I just move my eyes. And there was an immature bull moose 10 yards away. I mean, I'm going, holy fright. I mean, that's exciting to me. Yeah, and it's, that's it, flat out exciting to me. It's amazing how some of these big animals move through the woods and you don't hear them. No. They just appear in front of you. Like bears, you don't hear. You you look to your right and all of a sudden they're there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was an amazing thing. So I started glunking at him and he's looking at me going, what the heck? Because you can't smell me. He's looking and he, he makes that, you know, 180. He gets around me and then he figures out that I'm not a cow, you know. <laughs> but... You know, it's that's the exciting thing about hunting. Yes, it's important. I understand it. You want to get that rack. You want to put it on the truck. You want to have field the plate, the wonderful organic food that we have. But hunting is so much more than that. Sitting around the campfire with your buddies, enjoying your beverage of the day, and just talking about things of life and the excitement and calling in cats. I mean, I can go on and on and on, you know, with my story. I've been, I've been at this game a long time, but, you know, I was just at a friend's house and I said, Bruce, tell us a story. You know, hour and a half later, you know, they're still sitting there. He said, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. I said, nah, I don't think so. You know, because they're mine and I like to share them with people. But as Chris said, you know, it's the, whole adventure if you sit down with uh, jim shockey and talk about it yeah he'll talk about his hunts and stuff but he'll talk about the places and the people and hand the man his museum that the artifacts that he's collected around the world that represent human beings in completely different environments and it's a beautiful thing sure you know you, you pull something from every adventure it's, uh, it's all a learning experience. Even the most experienced hunters are going to learn something from every hunt they go on. Yeah. And I collect rocks and I paint them and I put a date and time and place. You know, that's that's some of my best trophies. Yeah, I got a few trophies on the wall, but some of my trophies that are in my office. I just look up and say, man, that was a tough hunt. <laughs> I got my butt kicked on that one. Well, you know, uh, people might wonder why. You get the heads mounted, the taxidermy and whatnot. Every piece of taxidermy is a memory. That's that's when I sit down and look at George or Bill. Bill's a mountain goat from British Columbia. I just said, holy freight. We had the horseback ride. We had to climb mountains. We had to do this. We had to do that. I had to make a hell of a shot, you know. To get him down then i had to go down he went rolled into a chute then we had to go down to shoot and get him and it, that's dicey if you've never done that folks you better have your stuff together 
because if you go down a chute that doesn't end to hits the Fraser River, it's like, oh, it's Parker Power. But yeah. I did it. That's great. Well, you got a lot of experience, and uh, it's great that you're able to share it with people and uh, younger people coming up in the ranks that are looking to learn and get outdoors and, um, you know, do these hunts that you have so much experience with. Yeah. And folks, you know, hutch hunt hunting, yes, it costs money, but so does a tank of gas. So does a fuel. Um, I think Colorado's tags for elk now are 700 bucks, 600, 700 bucks. I haven't looked at the regs coming out. Uh, the reg period is open from March 1st to April 4th. And get a hold of me. Uh, my, I still have some room in the calendar so I can do a one-on-one -on -one with you uh, prior to April 4th. So you say, okay, based on what I've read, based on what Bruce said, here's what I'm going to put in for limited tags because I'm a Garth Carter um, believer. You know, apply, apply, apply. Even though you're doing DIY hunts, okay, there's great, fantastic opportunities here that you can do yourself DIY, but you need the limited tag. I mean, you know, we're talking Boone and Crockett available game. Sure. And, sure. and it's not as crowded. The limited tag is not as crowded as, as a DIY over-the-counter tag. All right. Well, we are running out of time here. Uh, we could find you at hutchonhunting.com. Yes. We could find you on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Hutch on Hunting. Hutch on Hunting. Uh, this episode has uh, been sponsored by Pyro Putty, Underwood Ammo, and Hunt of a Lifetime. Uh, we're going to hear uh, something in our uh, close out from Hunt uh, from Hunt of a Lifetime as well. But uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to go to Hutch on Hunting. And uh, we appreciate your time here. Chris, thanks so much. You've been a good friend for so many years and you always support me well. And I thank you, sir. Friends help friends. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join HuntOfALifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit HuntOfALifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.